Hello, Faith Baptist Church. I don't think that I will ever get used to having a preacher doing any sort of video online. Uh, it's very odd talking to my computer by myself. Uh, and I do wish that I was there in person to see you all, but you know, we, we do what we got to do. And uh, I'm thankful that we just, we have this technology that allows us to still gather together as a community. How often do you respond to somebody when they say, how are you doing? And immediately respond, great, fine, good, you know, those kind of reactions. Even though you know that that is not even close to the truth of how you're doing. I find it such a, a knee-jerk reaction to just respond like that. And I often find myself responding to that question in the same way. Or even if I do give a more detailed response, uh, changing the situation to make it appear as if the struggle or the pain that I'm facing is less, like I'm handling it just fine on my own. And I'm always struck with what that says about us, that this is such a normal response to those kind of questions. The fact that we tend to hide our pain, not wanting to put a burden on others by voicing the reality of what is really going on with us. And I think the problem with this way of thinking is that sick people don't get better by pretending that they're not sick. Can you imagine telling a doctor when they ask, oh, I'm fine, nothing would be done. And the scripture that I want to talk today about is it's one of honesty. It's a dark one, but it's honest. Psalms 88 is it's a lament and the darkest of the laments. And you can, find, you can find lots of studies on how spirituality affects your general happiness and well-being, some stating that religious people are less stressed and happier than non-believers, and that religious people are less depressed, less anxious, less suicidal than non-religious people. But what happens when we as Christians are not happy? What happens when we feel depressed, anxious, without hope? when we face that darkness and it seems like that's all there is? How do we wrestle with that? When we're, we're saved by God and he gives us more than we can imagine, and yet we still face that darkness, how do we respond to that? And I think putting, putting that as a blanket statement that Christians are or should be happier and not looking at the painful side of life can be really damaging. I recently read a book about a woman's struggle with depression and suicide, and she wrote that she felt like her depression was a betrayal to God, that this lack of thankfulness, desperation, and depression, it went against all that God had given her. And this just furthered her desperation, and it further isolated her as she kind of sank back into that darkness. And sometimes the situations that we face, they're so severe, and the pain is so much more uh, so much that we feel like we can barely keep our heads above the water and we can't imagine getting better and we can't imagine hope and we would rather sink back into that darkness and not even try and we would rather even avoid God and not even pray. So I think Psalms 88 can really show us how to wrestle with that dark and painful parts of our lives at the times where all hope seems to be gone and darkness is our only friend. I'm going to read that scripture for you now too. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. 
May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit and I am like one without strength. I am set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavy on me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. You have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth, I have suffered and been close to death. I've borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. So Psalms 88 is, it's unique among the Psalms. It's even unique among other songs of lament. When we look at the other Psalms, we find a pattern that it's highly structured. And the pattern usually goes something like this. It starts with addressing God and then goes on telling God their problems or their troubles, then asking God to hear this prayer. And then it typically ends with a thanks to God for listening and answering that prayer. It adds like a hope to the end. And you can look through other Psalms and find this pattern. And even in the Psalms of lament, we find that section of trust or hope in God at the end. And Psalms 88 follows the pattern up, into the, up until a point, but then it breaks this pattern. And you've probably already spotted it. So Psalms 88, it's a dark poem, and there's no other psalm like it, because it does not include a section of hope or praise at the end. It ends on a very depressing note. It ends with a horrible groan. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. And this, this is a poem that lays bare the writer's pain. He's going through a period of life that seems so dark that all hope seems lost. And the only words that he can utter to God is help. And maybe you might be asking yourself, why is this poem even in the Bible? Why had this darkness without any hope been included? What is the point of it? And what can I even learn or get from reading this? And you're right, it is, it's a very dark poem. Um, and it's a subject that may be really hard to wrestle with, but it does serve a purpose. It tells us that God invites us to bring to him our deepest suffering. It's an invitation to be completely honest with God, not to sugarcoat it or downplay our pain or try to find some sort of praise to God to accompany it. When our hope seems lost or seems so far away, this Psalm shows us that God is inviting us to come to him in those moments of despair and deepest suffering, knowing that 
he still does hear and care for us in those moments, even when it feels like he's very far away from us. So let's take a closer look through the entirety of the Psalms. So we get really important clues that change how we read this poem right from the beginning verses. So verses one to two read, Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night, I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. The psalmist is addressing this to the Lord. And in that, he acknowledges that this is his God of salvation. And throughout all of his troubles and hopelessness, this is still a fact that he can see. He says, oh, Lord, God of my salvation. And without this line, it would be without hope. It would just be a complaint. But this statement, it changes things. Because it, because it begins this way, we can see that this is a prayer of hope in the darkness. And it's what drives this psalm. So even in our worst circumstances and darkness that we face, we can still talk to God have a relationship with him. We can still trust that God hears our cries, even when it feels like he doesn't. So God's silence, it doesn't mean his absence. And even when that darkness overwhelms our entire being, we can come to God in all honesty and share our despair and our brokenness. And we also see in these verses that at this moment, the writer, he doesn't want to praise God with flowery speeches about his character but instead, he just wants to pour out his troubles, pour out his despair. And he even goes as far as to question God throughout this. In verses three to five, we get a clearer picture of how bad his troubles are. Those images of death and darkness and despair painted so clearly that you can see the seriousness of his position. He says, I'm overwhelmed with troubles. My life draws near to death. Uh, he talks about being counted among those who go down to the pit without strength. Part of the dead, uh, like, uh, like the slain who lie in the grave, who God doesn't remember, cut off from God's care. And then in the second half of this psalm, verses 6 to 12, the psalmist has, he has questions for God, and he accuses God of being the source of his problems. Yet at the same time, he's still calling out to God in an attempt for him to listen of what he sees as a failure, but it doesn't stop him. He will continue to cry out to God until this darkness is lifted or he dies. And finally, it, it just ends on a very depressing note, saying that God has taken everything from him. All that is left is darkness. And we started this with talking about studies that said that religious people are happier, but as we can see, our lives, all of us, are not always happy lives and we face struggles. We face impossible situations. We deal with mental illness. And if you haven't faced it yourself, all you have to do is look around. There is a lot of pain out there. And so we may not always be happy, at least all of the time, but we can always call out to God to be present with us, knowing that whatever it is that we deal with, we are in God's hands. The book of Psalms has, it has many limits, and this one being the one of the darkest. But it shouldn't be one that we overlook or we never read. Among all of the Psalms, both the laments and the praises, they can, they can all show us how to relate to God in both the good times and the bad times. And none of them hide from life's difficulties. So during, during our times of pain, th these are moments when we need to run to God. 
In C.S. Lewis' book, uh, The Problem of Pain, he writes that there's something we be said about the time of silence and pain. He says, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And I think that statement for me, it makes me recognize that I shouldn't run or hide from my pain because they can be moments in which I can connect with God more deeply because God knows and understands our pain. Jesus was tortured, killed, humiliated in a way that we can barely understand. And the father, he sent his son to that fate and he understands that pain as well. He knows our pain. He understands we are not alone in our suffering. And when we come to these moments where it's too hard, when we come to these moments that, and that's the nature of life, when it feels like darkness is our only friend, that God is far from us. In these moments, we can't even think of a single thing or praise to say to God. And Psalms 88, it tells us that this is okay. We can come to God exactly how we are. We don't need to make, we don't need to make our darkness or pain presentable for God first. And I think that, that in itself is an incredibly freeing thought. And it really opens up the opportunity for us to have a deeper relationship with God, a more honest and authentic relationship that doesn't hide those parts of ourselves. It doesn't hide the parts in our lives that are really hard and really dark. And we can shout, we can question, we can even accuse God about this pain. And the very fact that Psalms 88 is included in our Bible is proof that this is not a wrong way to relate to God. This Psalm shows us that we are indeed invited to bring all of our suffering before God knowing that God does care and wants us to show him our pain, tell him about our darkness, and he wants us to seek comfort from him. And that's the great thing about all of the Psalms is that we can use them as our own prayers. When we don't know what to say or how to start, the writer of this Psalm, he didn't hold back any of his anger, grief, or pain. He laid it all out for God to see. And we can use that kind of as a template when we just don't know how to start. So do you find yourself having that freedom to express all those feelings? Or do you feel like maybe you have to sugarcoat it or find some sort of praise to bring to God first, or even to avoid talking to God until you can see that hope again for yourselves? This song can be, it can be freeing for both those who are struggling and those who are caring for people who are suffering. It tells the suffering that it's okay to voice the pain that darkness um, to people and to God. And for those who are caring for people that are suffering, it tells us that it's okay to just listen to those laments. We don't have to fix it all or say something that is really deep and has all the answers. It gives us that freedom to just sit and listen and journey with that person, lament alongside them. Because if listening was good enough for God to do, then it's good enough for us. And usually that's exactly what people who are hurting really need, just a listening ear. So maybe you are facing this kind of darkness now, or maybe you will in the future, or maybe God has put someone in your life who is also facing this pain. So don't try to hide that pain and put that suffering away, not from God, not from others 
Don't feel guilty that you're not happy and cannot seem to offer the prayers of praise because those will come in a different season of life. But take the example of the writer of Psalm 88 and come to God. No matter how broken you feel, come to him day and night. Cry out to God. Ask him to help you trust him when you cannot see the answers, when you cannot see that hope. The sovereignty of God helps you face that darkness, and he does that because Jesus is your closest friend. Let's take a minute to pray together. Father, sometimes life is hard. Sometimes we cannot see the good in life, and everything seems dark. I pray for those who are facing this right now, that they may know that you are near them and that you hold them in your hands, that they know that they don't have to make their pain presentable to you. They just need to come to you. I pray that we can see the hope and freedom within this psalm for what it is, an invitation to bring our suffering to you, to cry out to you in all seasons of our lives, not just the good, but to give over all of our lives, the good and the bad. I pray that those who are suffering, that they can see in those moments of darkness that is not just the pain and suffering that is closest to us, but that you are our closest friend. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.